You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Or learn more about us online at theriverdurant.com. Go back to Romans 8, verse 8. Verse 8, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot please God. Cannot, not will not, but cannot. Why? Because God is in the Spirit. Amen. You know. Verse 9, but ye are not in the flesh. Wait a minute, what does it say? You're not in the flesh. Stop blaming your flesh for everything. That's not who you are. It's not where you live. That's right. You have, you have authority over your flesh. Amen. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Because you are saved, you have the Spirit of God which came into your life and fused with your dead spirit and made you eternally alive. Amen. It says in First Corinthians 7, uh, 6, 17, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. You're one spirit with the Holy Spirit. Your spirit is now one spirit with the Holy Spirit. You're like you're in the God class of being now. In the God class of being. You're not in the flesh. If the spirit is in you, then you are in the spirit. He wants full access. He demands full access. But along with that, you get full access too. Amen. You're, you're you're getting a whole lot better deal than he gets. Yeah. Think about it. If you had the choice of having 24-hour access to God or to you, which would you pick? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. You're getting a lot better deal than he getting. Yeah. Verse 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. You don't miss that. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your quicken mortal, your mortal bodies, bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Actual physical resurrection is what the Bible teaches. Physical resurrection. Your body is holy to God. Your body is holy to God. When Jesus' spirit rejoined, when Jesus' spirit rejoined his body after he came out of hell, you know, he came to life in hell. We're born again in hell. Came back and joined his body. His body could not stay dead. He just came came alive. Amen. Amen. That's what happened to you. Even the saints were in Abraham's bosom down there. Rose two that day. Matthew twenty seven says so. Verse twelve. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Verse thirteen. For if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. This is not accomplished by effort. Notice the phrase, through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Read on, Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It is natural as sons to be led by the Spirit. It's natural as sons to be led by the Spirit. It's not an effort thing. It's not not something you have to try, try, try. Just do it. Get up in the morning and say, I'm in the Spirit today. Amen. I talk to myself all the time in the mirror. 
The offense of a son acting counter to his father's lifestyle. Listen to this. The, the offense of a son acting counter to his father's lifestyle is this. It appears, it appears to the world that his father was un, unable to pass along his values. And begs this question. How valuable are your father's values? Are they valuable enough for you to say no to temptation, to stand up, to stand your ground? Are they valuable enough to, for you to take a financial loss in order to do the right thing? Are they valuable enough to lose a friend if you, to do the right thing? I lost a few friends to do the, to do the right thing. You don't want to miss hand. Verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Here Paul paints a picture of all the orphans waiting to be adopted. Orphans posed a big problem back in the first century. Rome and the church together had a big problem with orphans. Let me read you something I found. Because life expectancy was so short. In the modern world, life expectancy varies not only by gender, but ethnicity, and enormously by geographical region. Country, for example. For example, on the continent of Africa, according to the World Health Organization, World Health Organization, 2014, for those born in 2012, the global life expectancy was 68 years for men and 73 years for women. Life expectancy at birth for Romans was con contrasted by somewhere between 20 and, 20, 20 and 30 years. At birth, at birth, they figured this, this kid would live 20 and 30 years. Some, some scholars suggested 25 years at the average. Whatever the precise average, the, the ancient life expectancy of birth was thus significantly lower. And Aristotle said that Aristotle, 300 years before Christ, said that most children died before the seventh day. Most children died before the seventh day. It was in Greek, Greek times. Aristotle was Greek. Aristotelian. Western civilization is based on Aristotelian thought. You know what I mean? Aristotelian thought is in line with Christianity in its philosophy. A high infant mortality rate in the time of Paul significantly lower the average life expectancy. According to one study, life expectancy was 21 at birth but doubled by, by, to 42 years by the age of five. If they lived to be five, they expect they would live to be 42 then. Wow. Nevertheless, it remains clear that the ancient life expectancy was considerably lower than the, our own. Thus, the enormous orphan problem. They were everywhere. That's why the New Testament talks so much about orphans. See, they have a real problem. You couldn't go outside without seeing an orphan on the streets. Notice the spirit is a spirit of adoption, though. Spirit is a spirit of adoption. Glory to God. That means you're not alone when you're witnessing. You're witnessing somebody who's fatherless. Everybody's fatherless if they don't know God. Okay, how many daddies they have on this planet? They're fatherless orphans if they're not saved. Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We are the children of God because He's an adoption spirit. 
Holy Spirit begins writing. The moment you sit witness to somebody, the Holy Spirit starts writing. What does he write? Starts drawing up the doctrine papers. Amen. His primary job is not to his primary job is not to point out your sins, but to reaffirm your sonship. Amen. Verse 17, And the children and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we, that we may be also glorified together. For Romans, I reckon. Romans eight eighteen. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with, with the glory, glory that shall, be, shall be revealed in us. What we call suffering now will not even enter our minds when we are in glory. It won't seem like you suffered at all when you get into glory. Amen. It'd be like a breath. You smell something bad, you know, that's about all the memory you have of it. Verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Yes. Verse 20. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Verse 21. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The creature means anything created. Verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Verse 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. At the resurrection of your body, your adoption will be complete. I have news for you, though. Read on. Verse 24. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. Amen. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? This hope is about your body. It's about your res- resurrection. It's physical resurrection of the body. They call it the corporal resurrection. This is a reminder that hope is about your future. Verse 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Hope is a spiritual force. A spiritual force. But impatience is an indication that you are hopelessness. You have hopelessness. Impatience is an indication of hopelessness. So you feel powerless concerning your circumstances. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Hold right there, Miss Ham. Remember, remember, you do not have to plead the blood. The blood is already applied to everything that pertains to you. Just use that name. That name, above every name, that name that carries the blood. What name is that? Jesus. Jesus' name. Verse 27. And he that searcheth the heart knoweth what is the, the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. This is saying that the Spirit takes our feeble attempts at prayer. Have you ever been praying and not know what you need to pray about? Almost every time I pray, I'm, not, I'm like that. What do you want, Lord? What do you want me to pray about? He takes your feeble attempts at prayer 
It makes it make sense to the Father. It makes it make sense. I know my prayers don't make sense to y'all sometimes. I know. He makes it make sense. The Spirit in me. Verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. This is one of the most comforting and most useless things there is in the Bible. It's comforting on one hand, but, but people misinterpret it. Misunderstand this verse. To the wrong ear, it sounds like he's saying everything that happens to you is God's will. It's not saying that. He did not say that everything that happens to you is God's will. But God is such a genius. Such a genius in his mind. He makes bad things that happen to you. Even the things that, that, that Satan does against you look like it was his like it was his good plan for you all along. He can take such bad things and make them turn out so good. For you, good. For those who love him. God will never, never turn his back when somebody loves him. Amen. Never. Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I used to work in a factory. He's working in a factory. There are two sides of a factory. There's quantity and quality. Out on the floor, the foreman is trying to get you to go, hurry, 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 put out more, put out more, put out more. That product is about there in the back room where the, where the inspectors are. They say, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. Yeah. You're missing this. Gotta make it better, 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 better. More, 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 more. Better, 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 better. It's a constant struggle in, 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 fabric, in fabrication and in production. And here, it says, predestination made us conform to the image of his son. That's quality. He might be the firstborn of many brethren. That's quality. They're not opposed in God's mind. It's all of them all in Jesus. It's all the quality and the quantity in Jesus. Jesus is not the only begotten son of God. Jesus is not now the only begotten Son of, Son of God. What is He? The firstborn from the dead. Nobody has one kid and says, I'm the firstborn, does he? He's the only child, he's an only child. Firstborn means there's others after him. And Jesus will never be known as the only begotten Son of God again. He is the firstborn. That means you and I count. To be precise, the firstborn from the dead. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Also glorified, past tense. Glorification is about our resurrection, about our body being transformed. Justification is, a, is the first thing that happens to you in the spirit. Sanctification is what's going on right now in your life. Glorification is what's coming. Glorification is what's coming. Yeah. So in the mind of God, you are already glorified, already dead, buried, and resurrected. Glory to God. Amen. Think of that. You will never see separation from the, from the Father. You will never see separation from the Father. I'm going to teach you something about this truth today that will help you feel confident and will help you explain the, to other believers why they are eternally secure, whether they believe it or not. I had a woman come to me one time who just came to our church. 
She was the sister-in-law of one of the pastors I oversaw. She said, Do you really believe in Martin St. Dollar was saved? I said, I don't call it that, but I, I guess I do. She said, You're Pentecostal. You're not supposed to believe that. I said, I know it. Sorry, but I do. She said, Why? I said, You believe it too. She said, No, I don't. I said, Yes, you do. She said, No, I don't. I said, Yes, you do. She said, No, I don't. It was an argument. I said, let me ask you a couple of questions. Hear me, this will help you. Help you tell people why you believe in internal security. Why you should, anyway. I said, do you, are you, do you have eternal life right now? Do you have it? She said, yes, I have it right now. I said, does that mean you're eternally alive right now? She said, yes. How is eternally ever ceased to be eternal alive. If it's eternal, how does it ever stop? Tell me that. Tell me how that ever stops. How will it ever end? Either have it or you don't. You have it or you don't. I have it. May else have it in here? It can never end if it's, if it's eternal. Amen. Verse 31. Verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? It doesn't matter who's against you. It does not matter who's against you if God's for you. Verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I love that verse. Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Did I hear somebody quote, quote one of these verses earlier in the day? Mm-hmm. I was back there. That Craig? Yeah. Which one did you quote? Okay. Verse 35, Miss Ann. Verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who's going to separate you? You? Yeah. Can you separate yourself? It says, it says you can't. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Verse 36, as it is written, For thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. Verse 38, For I am persuaded... That neither death. Let's say it together. Let's, let's read it together. For I am persuaded that neither death, death nor, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, principalities nor, nor powers, nor, nor things, things present, present nor, things nor things to come, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor, death, nor any, any other, other creature, creature, creature shall be sep- able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Amen. Lord. Glory to God. Amen. There you have it. <laughs>